This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're taking a look back at a great weekend from the men's and women's squash teams. The track and field teams hosted the Bates Invitational and came away with some terrific results. Plus, our Alpine and Norick skiing teams have begun their carnival seasons. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's and women's basketball teams dropped games to Connecticut College and Wesleyan over the weekend. Ali Coppola scored a career-high 28 points in the women's team's loss to the Camels on Friday, and the men's team hung tough with number 24 nationally ranked Wesleyan on Saturday in a 67-64 defeat. The men's record in NESCAC play sits at 3-3, while the women are 2-4. The men visit Salem State this Wednesday for a non-conference game before hosting number 4 nationally ranked Tufts at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Meanwhile, the women take on the Jumbos this Saturday on the road at the same time. Our Bobcats of the week this week come from the men's and women's squash teams. Senior three-time All-American Ahmed Hatata went 2-0 over the week at the number one position for the number 18 nationally ranked Bates men's squash team. The Bobcats knocked off number 13 Franklin and Marshall 5-4 and number 20 Amherst 8-1. For his pair of 3-0 wins at the top of the ladder, Hatata was named the NESCAC Co. Men's Squash Player of the Week, and he's also our male Bobcat of the Week. Before we talk about this past weekend, which was great for the men's squash team, I want to talk about you a little bit in your senior year, finally getting the opportunity to play at number one. How much have you been enjoying it all season? Uh, it's not It's not that easy. It's uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, it's tough, especially filling in the shoes of uh, the former national champion, Ahmed, and uh, it is it was a huge loss, but uh, I'm trying my best to fill in the spot and uh, not let the team down. And then I know um, you started the year a tough one against Trinity, but you've run off 10 straight wins. So how nice it was to see yourself bounce back like that. It's always hard playing Trinity. Trinity is always the – they have the top players in the in, the, in college squash. We're actually going to play Trinity again in NESCAC. So uh, I'm looking forward to that uh, that sweet revenge. <laughs> Absolutely. And then this past weekend, you know, you're, you know you got that 18th ranking and you got the 13th team, Franklin and Marshall. So you know you, that's a big match for you guys. You guys got a 5-4 win. How dramatic, how exciting was that day there at Amherst? It was, uh, it was probably one of the best weekends of the of Bates uh, squash during the whole during the past four years I've been here at Bates. Um, the whole team was pumped up. Uh, Pat has been talking about the the this match for a while now. He's been pumping us up for it, and he's uh, we've been getting ready for it for the past since the beginning of the season. Uh, it's a, it was a good upset. It was actually a huge upset, and uh, it secures us a place in the in the B flight. Um, it was just like the it was good seeing how how the team has so much potential. Everyone everyone played their hearts out. They gave it their all, and uh, after the match, we 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 just like every, after each match, everyone would run uh, to the other to the other, to, to his teammates' match and and support them, and, and that was uh, that was great. And uh, some people. Uh, I'm not going to tell who, but some people cried out in the match and they got really emotional. <laughs> but uh, not it was you, uh, not, not me. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was a fun weekend. It was, uh, it was great. It felt good. And uh, I, I was proud of it. I was really proud of the team. 
fellow senior Spencer Burt got the clinching victory, right? Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to watch him get that clinching win? Yeah, uh, Spencer has been great at playing great this uh, this year. Actually, I was surprised. He's uh, he's playing great. He's playing beautiful squash. Uh, it's someone that we can count on in uh, in the matches, you know, and uh, we know that um, if because he plays number five, he plays number five. So sometimes it comes down it comes down to him and. Um, we just know that if we if we're at four all and it comes down and we can always count on him because he's always going to give it his best whether he wins or loses, uh, he's always playing there, giving out his best throughout the whole match. Have you even thought about like the? I mean, I know you have Nescats coming up, but you know, for you personally, you went to individual nationals last year. I know the result wasn't what you wanted. Have you thought about that at all? Uh, this year actually, there's a lot of new. Uh, the freshmen in other colleges are uh, are crazy. Some, uh, especially Trinity's freshmen, are insane. They have twenty six year old freshmen, and they have professional squash players, right. former professional squash players. They have uh, St. Lawrence freshmen are are, are really good. They're, you know, there's it's getting really competitive, um, but that's the beauty of it. You know, like the competitiveness and uh, how hard you have to work in order to achieve that. You know that get that win. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm working on it, and I hope I uh, I can get that good result in the end. Sure. And then last question for you: This weekend, the final home matches at the Squash Center for you. It's gonna be weird not having any more matches there. You think? Honestly, I just knew I just knew that from you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't uh, I wasn't thinking about it till now. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's that's actually sad. Uh, it, it's weird how uh, we've come a long way. It's been. Uh, Past four years actually passed by fast. You know all these home matches, all these, you know the the team support, having the crowd there, the parents. It's uh, it's been great. It's been a uh, one hell of a ride, and uh, I enjoyed every single bit of it. All right, well there's still more to come. I'm in Hatata. Thanks so much, and congrats again on being our male Bobcat of the week and the Co-Nescat Player of the week. Thank you. The number 16 nationally ranked Bates women's squash team also went 2-0 over the weekend, defeating number 13 Franklin and Marshall 6-3. And number 17, Amherst, 8-1. Senior co-captain Charlotte Cabot was a big part of their success, going 2-0 at the number 6 position. For her performance, Charlotte Cabot is our female Bobcat of the week. Yeah, we had a great weekend. Um, we were very excited heading into the weekend. We've done some early training, and we're definitely ready to take them on, but we're um, extremely thrilled with how the matches ended up and how successful the weekend was overall. Do you like starting matches at 9 in the morning? <laughs> Surprisingly, I think we handled it really well and did well. We were up at 6.30 every morning, and um, I was shocked. A lot of the girls on the team aren't early birds, but they pulled it together, and we did the best we could, and it was great. And then um, you're one of the captains on the team, and you have an older sister and older brother who both went to Bates, were both squash captains. How does that motivate you to continue to cabinet legacy here? Um, definitely motivates me. I mean, my family is such a huge part of my squash life, and it's nice to have them always here and supporting me. And I always reach out to my, especially my older brother, um, for advice on, like, workouts and things like that. And he always has a very good um, advice and head on his shoulder, so he gives me great advice. Do you remember or do you know how Bates first captured the attention of the Cabot family? That's a great question. Um, I think definitely it being like a small liberal arts school with great squash. I think that's about it. Did your parents play squash when they were younger? They didn't. Um, my dad's a big racket sports guy, uh -huh. but yeah, not squash. 
Interesting. And so, um, growing up, would you would you always be playing against your older siblings in squash? And how how would that go? It's funny. We haven't. They are significantly older than me, <laughs> but we haven't had too many times on court together, which is yeah. kind of weird. But um, my brother did give me lessons for a while, but I think that often ended in some fights. So <laughs> we stopped. Sibling rivalry there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Now, moving forward, I mean, obviously the women's squash team still has a few more matches, right? Uh, I believe this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, we play Colby this Wednesday, yeah. and then we have a, our last two matches at home this weekend. So we're looking forward to those for NESCACs. Wow, so you already had your senior day, but your last two matches at the squash center, at least, coming up for you. What are you thinking right now? It'll be really weird. Um, I haven't really thought through it that much, but I love playing at Bates and at home and having all of our my friends and family there so it's definitely gonna be sad having our last two matches but it'll be a great way to finish it out sure absolutely and then after that obviously there's there's NESCACs and then there's the possible you know the team nationals you don't know if it's gonna be B flight or C flight yet I, I mean what is the team talking very much about that future yeah we're definitely looking ahead towards NESCACs and nationals um, our win over FNM this weekend was huge because those girls were 13 um, so I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, we will be in the B flight this year, which is super exciting. Um, and yeah, we're just training hard and looking forward to finishing the season strong. Is it kind of weird to have your fate decided a lot by computer sometimes? Yes, definitely. <laughs> the system's changed since I've been here, uh -huh. so it's been different adjusting to, but yes, definitely weird to be done by the computer. Season's still going, but what are some of your fondest memories so far as a, a, a in your four years so far at Bates, in your opinion? I always, always, always remember the home matches at Bates. Mm. I think having my family there and having the crowds there, there's just been some very fond memories. Um, I also look back, we had a great season my freshman year, and I feel like this year very much so replicates that, and I just have a very good sense that We'll finish very strong, and I have so many fond memories. Another one um, was last year beating Amherst in the sea flight at Nationals, and our captain, Lauren Williams, won the final match. So we won 5-4, and she won um, in five games. And it was that was one of my favorite moments as well, too. But, yeah. Nice. Well, Charlotte, thanks so much for joining us, and congrats again on your personal 2-0 week and the team's 2-0 week as well. Thanks so much, and congrats again on being our female Bobcat of the Week. Thank you very much. The Bobcat Alpine and Nordic skiing teams began their carnival season over the weekend at the St. Lawrence Carnival in Lake Placid, New York. They combined to score 437 carnival points for a 7th place finish out of 17 participating colleges. Bates alum Michaela Holland is in her first year as the Alpine skiing team's head coach. Yeah, it was really exciting. You know, uh, we have a very young team, particularly on the men's side. Um, we have eight freshmen on our on our roster, so um, it was a lot of their first carnivals as well. Uh, our women's team did really well. We were we were actually sitting in third after first run at the GS, which was very very good for us. Um, we you know we're, we're competing against teams with full scholarships and um, all Division One teams. So for us to be in third was was really was really pretty good. Uh, second run, we had a couple bumps and bobbles, so uh, but we still ended up fourth for the women, which was really really strong. Um, 
one of our seniors, Kelsey Chenoweth, actually had her best race of her career so far. So that was something that was special. It was a great kickoff to the carnival season. It got everybody really excited about the potential and, and kind of what they've been working on and how that's going to translate into actual results. Uh, the men's side was a little bit rough. Again, like I said, we're very young. Um, and the, the, the depth on the men's field is, is very deep right now. So being a young team, we're at a little bit of a disadvantage. Also, the weather this weekend didn't really hold up for the men. Um, it was warm, and the course conditions were really bumpy. So because our guys are younger, they were starting a little bit further back, which didn't exactly you know, give them a great shot at doing well. But there was some great stuff that happened and some good individual runs and some good results. So we're really looking forward to the rest of the carnival season. And we chatted with Nordic Skiing's Sadie James about their first carnival weekend of the year. Sadie, first of all, I know lots of competitions before the carnival season, but the first carnival was this past weekend. Uh, what was it like to get back out there and, and you know, in collegiate competition? Yeah, it was really great. So we first, like you said, um, we raced earlier this um, break in Soldier Hollow, Utah um, for U.S. Nationals, which was great to just get a bib on and kind of get used to racing again. Um, and we also did an Eastern Cup race um, right after finals. Um, but yeah, so now we're back into the carnival season on EISA. Um, it was really fun to see everybody again and just kind of be back in that atmosphere um as a senior it's a little bittersweet um just realizing that like last weekend was the last time I'm going to race in Lake Placid it's not like I'm going to be there next year or the year after um but it was really fun seeing our freshmen race for the first time on the carnival circuit and they were just so excited and it, it was a lot of fun What's your advice to freshmen getting out there for the first time? Uh, we just kept telling them to have fun, relax and have fun, because if you stress about it, it's not going to turn out well. Um, everything's new, so you just have to accept that it's not going to be like any other racing you've ever done before, because it's just a whole new level of competition. Um, and so just relaxing, having fun, but also taking it in and realizing that you're here. Great. And then for you personally, I mean, how do you think it went? I know the second day you were you were up there a little bit and had a little bit of a tumble, but tell us what happened there. Um, I, I've i been struggling with some of my uh, downhill skiing abilities this uh, always, but it seems to be a trend this year that I'm hoping won't continue. Um, I just fell on a, on a turn um, right near the fin, like right before the finish. Um, so I lost about probably 10 to 12 seconds there, which bumped me back a bit, but it's okay. Um, it was first weekend. I have five more weekends right. to to kind of come back from that. Um, but it was fun. We had a classic sprint on Friday for the first race, which, I mean, it was just a really fun race to go into because sprints are always fun. The atmosphere is always really exciting. It's so quick for a Nordic ski race. Um, but it was a really flat course. Um, so we actually did something that I don't think any of our women had ever done before. And the men have done it before, but we double pulled the race. So we were on our skate skis, but double pulling with just our arms um, because our skate skis are faster. Mm -hmm. So it was all upper body. Um, and I've seen a lot of guys do it before, but I personally had never done it. And it was really cool to do that and just kind of see how it all unfolded. Um, it was fun to sprint again because, I mean, in college we don't sprint that much. Um, and so I we had sprinted in Utah, but um, before... Before that, I hadn't made the heat since I think I was in the sophomore at Bates. So it had been a few years. So it was really, it's just a really fun day. Um, and then Saturday was also a great day. Um, our coaches were great with our skis. They were ripping down hills and gliding up, which is exactly what you want. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great first weekend. I know you paced the team in the sprints, and the next day Laurel Fiddler had like her career best performance. How cool was that to see? Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. Laurel's been having a great season so far, um, and it's really fun seeing that because I've trained with her all fall, and I've trained with her for four years, and so I know how hard she's worked. Um, so seeing everything come together for her is super, super exciting. 
Great. And then uh, what's next for the Norwich skiing team? Um, so we are heading out on Thursday afternoon, going to Jackson, New Hampshire for the UNH Carnival. Um, and UNH is actually hosting NCAAs this year. So we're racing on the course that NCAAs will be held at, which is exciting. Yeah, I guess the motivation for the future, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Sadie, thanks so much for updating us on all things uh, Bates Nordic skiing. Thank you. The track and field teams hosted the Bates Invitational over the weekend and put together some tremendous results against Division I Maine and Bryant, as well as several Division Three teams. The women's team won the Division Three scoring with ease, with 252 points to 119 for runner-up Husson, followed by Keene State, St. Joseph's, Maine Farmington, and Southern Maine. Facing Division Three and Division I competition, the Bobcats won six events, with senior captain Allison Hill winning the 60-meter hurdles in a season-best 8.9 seconds, junior Sally Cisse winning the triple jump, senior captain Jessica Wilson winning the 1,000-meter run, first-year Olivia LaMarche winning the 5,000-meter run, senior captain Claire Marconic taking home the top spot in the 400-meter dash, and sophomore Katie Barker winning the mile in 5 minutes, 12 seconds. The men's team also emerged victorious in their meet, tallying 264 points. Runner-up Keene State finished with 74 points. The Bobcats won five events, facing Division I and Division III competition. Junior Adedire Fakaridi won the weight throw. Sophomore Michael Soma won the 400-meter dash. Sophomore Frank Fusco won the 600-meter run. Junior Jack Keeley led a 1-2-3 overall finish in the 1,000 meters. And senior Joe Doyle won the mile. Women's track and field head coach Jay Hartshorn joined the Bobcats to recap the Bates Invitational. What's that experience like for you to be hosting such a big meet with Division One teams and Division Three teams? We're always really excited to host, so we probably put even more effort into it than we necessarily need to. And part of that is because we're sort of on an outlier where we're located, so we want to make sure that when people come to our meet that we stay on time, that's really well officiated, that every sort of piece is covered, and if something's happening during the meet, we want to sort of catch a mistake or fix something then so we're not having to go back. So um, in some ways, we probably make it a little bit more complicated than it has to be just because we want to do a really good job. And then obviously the Bobcats did a great um, performance there at the meet. Who are some athletes who stood out to you? Uh, we had a bunch. One thing that was really nice is um, right now we only really have one healthy weight thrower. And she had a really big PR, that's Katie Hughes, and also had a lifetime best in the indoor shot, which was really great because um, that's just a place we're sort of low right now because we have someone who's sick. Uh, so those are going to be really important points. And then we have a ton of just new kids that don't necessarily have a lot of track experience. And a lot of them took big steps from last week to this week. We're still battling a few illnesses that are going around campus because it's that time of the year. Um, but, you know, someone like Sarah Schultz stands out to me in the hurdles, just doing way better than she did last year. We have a bunch of younger women in the 400 who should all be able to score at states. Um, and then we also have, you know, pretty strong middle distance and distance, but that would be expected coming off across country. Right, exactly. And then I guess, yeah, for the younger athletes, the first years of sophomores don't have nearly as much experience of, you know, of the Sally Cisse's, the Allison Hills. You're really just not looking necessarily for where they're finishing. It's more like, uh, can they improve each and every time, right? Yeah, we're looking over the next, you know, two weeks to kind of make another step with them so they're able to get points um, at 
our state meet, which is really important to us. But really, the roster looks pretty different than I thought it would be, um, you know, around at the end of the year last year, just because we had so much interest um, in our team. And I think it's going to pay off. They're, they're working hard. Some of them just don't know a lot about track, but that's kind of what makes it fun and exciting. And then our upperclassmen, who are the ones that you, you know, know more, um, are also sort of in good leadership roles and mentoring roles. And that's been good for them, too, because it kind of gives them something else to do during the meet. And they sort of see how valuable and how much other people sort of need them to step up and, and help them through the experience. One of those upperclassmen, uh, Sally Cisse, obviously All-American in the triple jump, but adding a few more events this year, right? Yeah, that's she came in, I mean, we all know this as a, as a pole vaulter, and then um, I've always been like, okay, you have to do one other thing, you have to do one other event, and we've sort of gone back and forth on what it should be, but uh, now we've really settled that she can be a good long jumper. You can't be as good of a triple jumper as she is without being a good long jumper, and then her dash has come along um, nicely, too, so that, that's really important for us to have someone who's so talented. Um, to be able to use them in more than one event. And then uh, you had the pentathlon the night before the main event, the Invitational itself. How'd that go? Um, we were really happy with that. We had a group of 10 people, which is a lot on the women's side. Last year it was four. So the women at first were feeling like, oh, there's not going to be enough people. Then I said, oh, there's 10. And they were like, ah, oh, there's too many people. It's, well, you can't have it both ways. Um, but 10 ended up being a really good number and that was um, you know for Shusti that was the first time she's ever done one and she's the one who said this year I want to do that and she's very good very very good at three of the events and shot put she's just learning and that was the first time she's run anything over 200 meters since she was up eight so she was really nervous about the eight but she was fine and then um, Lindsay Beauregard has always been a little bit better in the heptathlon but I think that was a good step for her in the pent because um, she's just pretty solid through everything and she doesn't really have a weakness and she's a really good thrower so that's why she does better outdoors in the heptathlon because she's a good javelin thrower and so many of the women are not good javelin throwers so that really is what sets her apart but for her sort of first step that was um, really good too and they're basically about the same there was only like 15 points or something between them um, which is sort of good for their competitive level and like what they're doing that they really feel like they can kind of work through events together. Great, and then what's up next? Uh, what's up coming up this week here for the women's indoor track and field team? So we're taking nine people down to BU on Friday to run um, on the bank track. So we're just bringing runners, mostly middle distance runners, and then a few sprinters that can get the benefit of the bank track and then um, alley and the hurdles just to get the good competition. And then um, the rest of our team, so about 37 or so, so we'll go to a meet at USM. And that's nice because we'll be back at States for USM, so they'll become a little more familiar with the facility. Um, I think Smith is at the USM meet, so it's always nice um, to see some of the women's schools. And they're doing a, like a block schedule, so the women go first, and then the men go in the afternoon, so it's a short like three, three and a half hour meet, which is how states is. And so it's kind of good to practice the pace of it. Like there's no men's events to spread things out. Like we're up, we're up again, we're doing this. You go long jump, triple jump. Um, and that's how states feels. And that's actually how New England Division Three is too. There's not 
um, that's also a single gender meet. So it's kind of good to practice that before, uh, just because the pace of the meet is a lot faster. All right, Jay Hartshorn, thanks so much for updating us on the women's indoor track and field team. All right, thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll see where the squash teams stand after their final home matches of the season. And we'll check out the basketball team's efforts to get back on track. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my